Hey everyone, it's Charlie Webster here. I hope you're all doing okay and you're safe right now. We're back with a new episode of My Sporting Mind, a podcast where I speak to sports stars about their mental health to hopefully help people and know that you're not alone really. This is a special episode with the EFL and Mind supporting their Inside the Mind of campaign for Mental Health Awareness Week. And today I'm really pleased to speak to Swindon Town midfielder, Michael Doty. Hey Michael, how are you doing? Thanks for joining I'm good. Us. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. How have you been during this time? Um, I think I, I was, once it all, um, once we sort of got our heads around it, I was sort of like really energised and trying to make the most of it and super busy, you know, fit, like so fit. I was like fitter than I was playing. I was kind of a bit ashamed of myself to be honest, how fit I got in the first couple of weeks. And then um, usually you're like, I'm always training for a reason. Um, yeah. But the longer it's dragging on, the less the reason feels like that prevalent in my mind. I'm like not, I don't have that sense of competition that, you know, I normally have. I'm like competing against myself, but I, I've always had like a game or a pre-season or something to sort of like keep myself sort of focused. So I think that's been a challenge. Like this last week, I've been like a bit irritable and just I'm not as grounded as before. I'm not as relaxed as I was. A bit anxious because... It's like, am I, you know, you, you're going back into things, you're like, how's it going to look? You know, oh, am I prepared? You know, how are we going to get tested? My wife's pregnant as well. So, um, oh, congratulations. But I can thanks, imagine that's yeah. a weird time, right? Yeah, it's a bit stressful because obviously she's, she's going through a lot, um, sort of physically as well and sort of internally. So trying to sort of support her and then the sort of, I guess, the, the question marks over vulnerability. So, yeah, I feel like we were in a really good place for two or three weeks and then the last week as we get closer to that potential re-emergence from I guess um, isolation to sort of reality it's just like how does that look and how do we go about being normal when things are clearly not normal you know it's all those questions that cause anxiety in a way because there really isn't many answers sometimes is there anything practical that you do when you kind of feel yourself getting anxious and, and looking ahead when we don't have those answers because I think some of the things I've been talking about with people is actually almost just focusing on what you're doing today yeah I think for me it's really I don't know like there's no roadmap right you have to sort of take it day by day and I think when I'm struggling you know obviously having somebody like you know my wife next to me we have an open conversation about something that sort of helps um, I always find exercise is a huge sort of mental and physical relief for me like it's just like always been the place that I go to sort of chill out or sort of get inspired if I'm lacking motivation and then I you know I read something recently it's like worrying is is like praying for something bad to happen mm. and it sort of put that in perspective a little bit for me it's just like we are only so much in control of anything right how do you separate what is real and what isn't and a lot of this sort of internal dialogue that sometimes will stress me out is essentially me praying for something bad to happen it's like what if you know what if I can't go back to training what if and like you know all of those things I don't want to be the outcome so I'm like concentrating my energy and sort of manifesting something that I don't want to happen so it's just trying to retrain myself to to think in a different way if I'm in that headspace or to like do something which affects that momentum because I find that 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 thought process can be sort of kind of momentous in a, in a bad way you can sort of negatively spiral into these <laughs> like weird yeah. scenarios in your mind and they're all not real so it's just like how do you shift that and yeah. it's either you chat to somebody or you do something a bit different that gives you some sort of endorphin release or and I find that that's quite helpful is to, is to turn that momentum into into something different do you say anything particular to yourself 
in those moments like it's okay you know <laughs> if, if I whatever will happen you know I'll be okay because it's an interesting way you just put it there it's almost like you are manifesting negativity because you're like focusing so much on the what if what if I think we're all guilty of that I do that as well so you're not you're not on your own it's weird right because like my wife's always said to me that I have a, you know she's quite into this manifestations and stuff like that and she always says that I'm if I think in that headspace, it always materializes. And a lot of the time it has, and maybe that's just me, or maybe it's the same for everyone. But I do believe that that mindset and that energy, kind of the energy that you're emitting is, is what sort of you attract. So I don't think I necessarily say stuff to myself. Maybe that's the next step for me to like improve is to like learn. But I, I try to just go to the things that I've always gone to, which seem to have worked, which is like smash out a run, do a workout, chat to somebody somebody close like family who who I can have a really frank conversation with and just say like I'm feeling like this or that and I think that sort of helps buck the trend a little bit yeah. and, and then also I think rest when I sleep nothing is ever the same the next day and usually when I'm like overtired or I'm feeling a little bit low if I just really focus on my rest and I don't know like have a bath and go to bed early and then try and like have a really long sleep the next day I'll wake up with sort of a renewed perspective and kind of have the opportunity to reset so yeah I think I'm not yet at a stage where I can sort of pull myself out of it purely and simply through sort of self-coaching but that would be cool to get to that point but I, I do have some sort of I think effective measures to try and reframe the thinking yeah when you said about you know um, uncertainty and actually that's life anyway I think that's a really interesting and fascinating point because we're in this moment where we're we you know we have all that uncertainty and I think we convince ourselves that we're in control as a way to cope when we're in normal times you know is there any is there been any times in your life especially in like football which is so high pressured you know where you struggled in that situation and with mental health I think um, when I left QPR I had this like intense I think frustration but also focus to try and get back to that level of football and yeah because you've just to just to pause you sorry Michael but you've played across all leagues right and all levels of football yeah I mean I think I played SPL Premier League Championship League One League Two and Conference and I even had a spell on loan as like a 17 year old in the Conference South so Although my experience in terms of quantity varies at those levels, like I've had an opportunity to play at all of them, which has obviously been amazing. Um, but I think being at QPR for so long and sort of being in this, this cycle of going out on loan, doing well, coming back, having a little bit of a chance with the first team, but never fully like establishing myself. I really felt like I had something to prove when I left there and I, it was, I went to Peterborough. And I think like energetically, I was like quite frustrated over sort of that period. And all, of, all my mindset was when I left QPR was like, I need to get back to like championship football to then eventually go back to Premier, like to, to kind of fulfill a dream of playing in the Premier League regularly. And I think that was like a real downfall of me was like focusing on the destination rather than enjoying the journey. And like, sounds a bit of a cliche, but I was really at a point where I was so focused on like this end goal, which I thought would make me happy or feel a sense of achievement that... I kind of forgot what just like playing footy with my mates was all about from such a young age, which which has always been like what I've loved is just like being in the dressing room, enjoying the day-to-day training, trying to get better, trying to achieve, you know, a promotion and, and all of the things that we all play football for. Um, I think I was focused on that end goal. 
And the, the more I focused on it, the further away I got from it and the less enjoyable it was. And it was like, again, this sort of spir- negative spiral where I wasn't playing well. And it took me a while to get out of that and just to realise that's not how you achieve things. It's to focus on three, two years in, in advance. You can't just wish away your life. Um, so I try to now just be a bit more grateful for the day-to-day stuff. Like, and I think Corona has really like, highlighted that is how lucky, like, just playing football is just how much I miss just going in and training and just being around it um, with my mates and stuff like that. And, uh, and that's actually when I played my best football in my life is when I felt like that anyway. So I think that's what I've learned um, certainly from that period, but in, in also is, is, to, is today, like, you know, that sort of sense of perspective and just to enjoy the everyday. Cause like you said, like we're not in control and, mm-hmm when you do think you're in control, life's going to hit you around the face with some global pandemic and remind you that you're only... Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. how, how did you recognise it then? Because I, th- you know, I think a lot of people will relate to what you're saying. And how did you maybe... There seems to be a bit of acceptance almost and in who you are and where you are. I think, I think you've got to go through it, like, ultimately. For me, I had to go through it. That was part of my journey. I was just, you know, it was just a part of my story to get to the point where I am now and I think it was seeing the difference in achievement personally between how I felt like today and and sort of what we're achieving as a club and the level of football and the performance that I'm putting in and how I feel today versus how I felt then and the achievements and everything and I'm just like these don't add up really like mm-hmm. I'm happier you know we're doing better I feel like I'm playing better and I feel much lighter and relaxed and there I was like a bit angry always like you know have an argument in an empty room type footballer never my fault type attitude and I think I wasn't in that flow or that sort of mindset to to achieve anything really I was sort of kind of self-perpetuating this frustration and whatever and I think I just didn't really necessarily know it in it it was only until I got to a better place where I sort of realized that's not how you get to it you know get to any form of success and and what is even success anyway do you know what i mean like success is is that day-to-day you know enjoying waking up every day and 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 having a laugh and 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 making it count it's nice to hear like you can really feel like your love for football was it always that then for you it is for everyone really like it's when you're like a kid you just like mess about and you're like i remember you know being pulled in at like 10 o'clock at night on a summer evening and you're just playing all day and you know, you don't realise the amount of hours you accumulate. And I've like read this book called Outliers uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. And it's mm. like the path to excellence is like 10,000 hours. And I must have done about 50,000. Like when I was, you know what I mean? Like we, I think we all did. Anybody who gets to like a professional level of something. And that wasn't because we were looking for a contract or trying to like get a professional. That was just because you loved it. And it was just, and I, and I think, I do think that football today has become so intense for young players that, you know, you look at some of the best footballers, you know, like Messi and stuff, like, he doesn't look like, he, like, pressure's relative. He doesn't look like he faces any pressure because he's just, like, having a good time and is such a, you know, naturally gifted player. And I think, for me, I'm trying, I know that, you know, some people kind of need different things to motivate themselves. You know, I certainly am not, like, that laid back where I don't feel any pressure, but I do play better when I'm in, you know, a state of enjoyment versus in a state of, fear I'm certainly more motivated when I'm more relaxed about the game and stuff like that and and I don't think fear helps any situation no I would agree 
Fear exactly. actually creates like those behaviors, like you were saying, like the frustration and the anger. You know, it's it's funny because I've I've read various different pieces about you and your and your background. And did you ever struggle with the the stereotype maybe of football or footballers because you tend to have a slightly different background than than the average footballer? I, I think the short answer is yes, like definitely. Um... Did I acknowledge it at the time? No. Um, Did you realise it at the time? I so just to give not. a bit of background, you went to Harrow yeah. school and um, came from... Hogwarts a... on steroids is what I call it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hogwarts on steroids. Yeah, yeah. Why did you actually dress like that as well? Yeah, it was mad. Like, did you? We had like, yeah, tails and boaters and yeah, it was an incredible place to go to school, but it was like weird. I never really fitted in in either place because I was like at a rugby, cricket sort of, traditional boarding school playing football at like a decent level and then at football I was like going to this boarding school which was completely um, you know different to my peers at the time and most people that came through football academies weren't going to like a Harrow school type facility so yeah I think it was weird like I at first I tried to fit in and then I quickly realized that I didn't fit in in like the normal in the normal term but it wasn't like I didn't fit in because I was weird or they were treating me badly it was just like everybody's different right like and that was that's amazing like difference is what makes the world go around and and I think for a long time I didn't necessarily know how to handle that type of difference until I just like really accepted it and started to like make the jokes myself laugh at myself like being able to laugh at yourself is such a great quality like not taking yourself too seriously you know there's obviously always all a lot of talk about banter and this and stuff and like banter is a fine line you've got you've got to be careful not to sort of overstep the mark with people because you don't know what's going on but for me like I just started to embrace that culture and the and the laughter with my mates and that you know they were trying to you know break me down a little bit but in a positive way and I think once I started to do that I felt a lot more comfortable with who I you know who I was and you know coming from that background and, and being in you know a working class environment that was football really um but then I think ultimately like that's the thing I love about football it's like a real meritocracy you're there because you deserve to be like nobody's mortgage is getting paid nobody's livelihoods are getting fulfilled by footballers who don't deserve to be there it's not like who I know type environment it's like mm. you, you you know you're going to be picked at the weekend and I get picked for Swindon because the manager thinks I'm you know the the best choice for that for that game and um I think that's what I always loved about it was that that sort of that meritocracy and that feeling of you know this is you've earned it you know so there was never that was there never that feeling of being judged then I think 100% I felt that and 1 million percent I felt that um I felt it from managers sometimes from other players like there's always people with kind of chips on their shoulders who sort of question what it means to you a person from your background what are your motivations blah 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 um so I've always had to work sort of doubly doubly hard to try and break through that but I was I think I, I think I got to a place where I was working hard to sort of prove them wrong which can be a good thing rather than working hard to sort of elevate myself and like once I started to realize that their opinion is kind of irrelevant anyway. I got to a much more secure place, which was like, I just, I want to work hard because I want to improve my football career and improve my colleagues and like friends at football and stuff like that. So um, I think for a while I was, I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder in, in response to probably some of their chips on their shoulder. I was trying to like 
stick it to them and I think that energy for me wasn't you know wasn't positive it was I never felt fulfilled if I'd scored a goal and like shown the manager something I always felt like there was another level to go and I think once I started to sort of channel that energy towards my own sort of success and helping my teammates and reframing again like that that motivation I felt a lot better. Is that what, what would you say to anybody that has had that or has that right now? I suppose about backgrounds because I think it, it it's interesting because I'm from the opposite so I'm from a, a very low income from, uh, background and I think like I had a chip on my shoulder too so I think it's like it doesn't matter which side you're from yeah, because yeah. you're trying to almost prove either stereotype that is wrong right yeah I think you never know what's going on in somebody's life right like you know I lost my dad obviously at a young age I was you know you know, yeah, I might have had a nice upbringing, but I was going through stuff. I was yeah. like emotionally, you know, finding stuff challenging, you know, and I think irrespective of where you're from or who you are, blah, 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 like the, the shortest distance between you and another person is sort of humility, right? And it's like just understanding that who am I to judge you and, and, and know anything about you without even having a chat with you. And I think, I think in a good way, that's hopefully been a, a great experience and lesson for me and for other people that have met me is that like some Herovians or boarding school people are pictured like Boris and whatever and and like is in Boris Johnson yeah like mumbling like bumbling along and whatever and and and, you know and there's nothing wrong with that but like you know I'm certainly like a bit of a mongrel so to speak and got loads of different parts of my history um so yeah I think judgment is a really sort of toxic emotion anyway like you don't know what anyone's been through or what they're going through and it can only give you more negativity and 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 you know I think should be avoided really if you can help it. Michael you just mentioned your dad um, Nigel who was steeped in in football himself um, as one of the owners of Nottingham Forest he you mentioned he passed away um, was it in 2012? Yeah 2012 um, yeah about yeah. eight years ago now yeah yeah, so, you, you know, you were, how old were you? Like, early 20s? 19. Yeah. 19. How, how did you cope with that? Um, because yeah. we were very close. Yeah, I was, he was like my best mate. It, you know, we really had a great relationship. He was my agent at the time, football-wise, which he enjoyed. Um, and I think he was living a bit vicariously through me in terms of, like, son playing football, blah, blah, blah. Um, him having, obviously, a huge passion for football. And, I, you know, coping is a weird word as well. It was like, I didn't feel like, you know, you're in it at the time and you make these decisions and you just sort of crack on with it because that's what, you know, that's what we've been taught to do. And I think I didn't necessarily comprehend the scale of that personally, like how that would affect me and maybe some of my actions. And, and in a way, like I actually played really well in that first year. I kind of came back to QPR and sort of buried my head in football and didn't necessarily uh, deal with some of the emotions of, of losing somebody who, you know, obviously I cared about. And, and, and I think in the circumstances, you know, losing somebody is never easy. But when you've just like left school and it was such a sudden death in terms of the, the nature of it, it was like, it was pretty intense. Um, and I think I sort of cope with it um, through, through kind of sport and trying to, um, trying to give myself focus but I think it was only really until like quite a few years years later that you know I started to make peace with that sort of experience and became more sort of 
relaxed about you know who I was and 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 dealing with that sort of that grief process which is obviously quite like a, a difficult thing to go through for anyone really yeah I can imagine how, how much did he influence you yeah it was you know he was I think like every well hopefully most father-son relationships you know it was um we spent all of all of my childhood going to like forest Nottingham forest games you know he used to take me to football along with my mum at weekends he would call me every day chat about things when I when I wasn't with him um always push me give me bits of information and, and knowledge and stuff like that and I think I was heavily reliant on him probably more than maybe most kids for like kind of stewardship because I was going through a difficult time where I was like kind of at this boarding school trying to be a professional footballer mm-hmm. and he always like reassured me that you know you know you'll be fine just crack on you know and I think that was a difficult thing was losing that direction um, but it was also a positive thing in the sense that that's one thing that I've learned from it is that you know you can depend on yourself and you have the right tools and the right things to sort of get through anything so I've learned to, to be a lot more self-sufficient and decisive and you know trust my instincts etc um, so I think with everything you know life is you know you're never in control that's going back to that message right and yeah I think that's the theme of this one <laughs> yeah like we're, we're all don't here worry about it you're never in control <laughs> anyway <laughs> we're all here on borrowed time really so it's just like trying to make the most of it and and you know I think that perspective has really helped eventually shape me like I wasn't there immediately but now I'm just you know who needs more messages than sort of losing somebody close to you a global pandemic to try and get out there and make the most of life and not take yourself too seriously really how important then do you think it is that like we have conversations like this and you know you talked about the honest conversations that you have with your your wife and and your friends about how we feel yeah I think it's absolutely like fundamental to who you are like I don't think you can be a fully functioning person without that outlet because there's no doubt that as I've got older I've been become so much more aware of that voice in my head you know I don't ever recognize that at 12 13 18 19 really and as you get older and you become more aware different pressures you need an outlet everybody needs that and I think you know I'm much more open to these discussions now because it is part of being a human being is the way that I see it and if you don't I don't see how you can function properly because it's so intense like life's intense (laughs) it's intense for everyone right it's like everyone's got their pressures job family um and to just internalize that I don't think is a is a good is a good place both from a biological physical point of view or a sort of a mental point of view and so what would you say to to people out there that maybe are struggling at the moment I think first of all just let it let it out in you know whichever way that you're comfortable that might be through a bit of exercise for people that are capable of exercising and stuff like that that's always been a great channel for me to 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 stay active and then from a conversational point of view reach out to people close to you somebody you feel comfortable with have a chat with them and then if that's not possible I think if you can't exercise or you can't speak to somebody and you're feeling a bit isolated there's obviously like a number of charities out there with helplines to kind of have a conversation with and I think those initial conversations will start to sort of loosen the load a little bit and make you feel less isolated in whatever you're going through. Thank you so much it's been really great talking to you. No thanks for having me on I really enjoyed it too. Um, And I hope all of you found it helpful whenever you're listening. And the EFL and Minds are currently in the second year of their groundbreaking partnership which aims to raise awareness of mental health with football fans, clubs and the general public and improve the approach to mental health in football 
and of course raise vital funds to deliver national and local support. And you can check them out on mind.org.uk. And you can contact me uh, with any questions and look forward to speaking again soon.